everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Below Springer. For your industry, by your industry. As your salon or spa grows, so does the need for hiring, naturally. But hiring new employees is a huge step for any small business owner, no matter how long you've been in business. The recruitment process in itself is often long and tedious. In previous episodes of Forced FM, we've often talked about attracting and retaining staff from a culture fit perspective. Because if you're bringing on someone new and the culture fit isn't there, the costs can add up real quick and not just financially speaking. So we've talked about making significant changes to job description verbiage. We've discussed the wants and needs of staff today, benefits, how to make sure you keep your culture healthy, etc. Successful hires rarely come from growing through the process under pressure. So what does it take for a salon or spa to truly be ready for its next hire? What if we're recruiting to create the most unimaginable lifestyle and career for somebody? What if that's the goal? I think a lot of times owners and leaders are recruiting out of their need. And there's nothing wrong with that. We have a need. You know, I've got a station or a treatment room to fill. Got to handle it, right? However, we must flip that script and make it be about I'm searching to transform people's lives in my community. The next piece is then working on systems and operational functionality. And now it's your opportunity to plug yourself and your values and your personality into these systems. And let's go rock the house. And I think when you come from it, from that way of looking at it, it's so not about you. It's about finding those diamonds in the rough and being patient. That's the next piece of the mindset, being patient with the process. In the most empowered way, I say, how dare we hire somebody without having that there? Steve Gomez is recognized as one of the top business system experts in the beauty and wellness industry. With over 24 years of business coaching experience combined with a background in marketing, communication, and operations, he's personally supported hundreds of salons and spa businesses throughout his career. Steve specializes in helping salons increase sales, implement systems to enhance their financial and operational functionality, and strengthens the culture of the business through leadership development. So without further ado, Steve, welcome back to the show. Uh, you're at this point a regular. I mean, it's been a while, but you are a regular. You've been on the show more than, that's the third time now, isn't it? I, I think this is my third time, right? Three times is a charm today for That's us. what they say, yes. <laughs> or things. It's been a while. It has. Things are great. You know, I mean, things are, things are um, growing again, uh, travel-wise, and, you know, I'm seeing... Um, every business I coach, I'm seeing their client count trending upward. They're getting busier. So lots of exciting things going on right now. That's, that's for sure. Yes. And I know that you're just back from a trip from Seattle, which I'm very, very envious about. Um, one of my favorite cities in the world. Hope you had a good, uh, good time there. Yeah, it was great. It was a great uh, day with a client of mine up there and her team. And then we spent some extra time because it's such a lovely part of the world. And then, uh, God, that feels like a lifetime ago. I was just in New York City this past weekend and got back two days ago mm. and off to Phoenix this weekend and then Vegas after that. So it's like we're we're back out and running again. Globetrotter. Good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so listen, we decided we were going to talk about um, what probably is in the top five 
topics of conversation in the industry at all times. But I feel like now is probably like more towards the top one or two, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. But staffing in general, but it's more specifically than how to improve staff recruitment and retention results. So to set the premise, I guess, and to start with a, a bit of a open open-ended question for you. Um, as we all know, like the, the needs, the desires, the dreams of today's candidates have changed. And we might think that, well, like the pandemic has definitely played a role in this, but I think that maybe it's just accelerated some things that we weren't doing or that needed change already. So my question is to you, what do you think about all of that? Well, you know, uh, it it's a great lead-in question because I think uh, and I'm going to kind of put myself, I'm going to put the cart before the horse because it's important for us to talk about the mindset of an owner with regard to recruiting. And I know we're going to get into that today, Yeah. Uh, but it's relevant to this question. Um, one of the mindsets that I think we must take is, is recruiting about us or is it about helping other people create an unrecognizable career for themselves? So that's one piece of the mindset, and I'll add more to that in a little bit. But mm -hmm. with that as a foundation, I think every owner, manager, thought leader that is involved in recruiting and hiring people, while it's important to fundamentally know what we're looking for, uh, from that point forward, everything we do uh, should be with an eye on supporting people to find a place that they fall in love with and that they can grow in such that they stay yeah a really long time, which supports us and supports them. So when you think about the question that you asked, the great thing about that question is the context is all about the person we're looking to hire and less about what we're looking for. So to me, I think that's a great question because you have to flip the script and say, okay, you know, what's going on with that end user, that recruit, that applicant that I'm going to sit down and, and talk to? What are they um, looking at how are they engaging trying to find a place to work? And, and, you know, I think in navigating this unprecedented era we all have had to face, um, I think that has accelerated something that we were seeing happening anyways. And that's really the, uh, the acceleration of social media as an avenue to communicate one's talent and skill set in our industry. So, you know, more and more, uh, uh, than ever before, whether it's an experienced person putting themselves out there and looking for a place to go or somebody new and inexperienced just coming up, the, the ability to use social media to put myself out there, um, uh, when done the right way, really supports an applicant to create a following and to build uh, a following of customers or potential customers, which gives them uh, more confidence uh, mm -hmm. and gives them more of a leg up in uh, looking for a place to work and expecting things that can support them uh, because they're bringing a little bit more mojo with them. If they're savvy at it, they're bringing a little bit more mojo with them into that interview process. And they're probably going to have um a higher expectation of things going faster for them mm -hmm. uh, because of the ability to grow following overnight and to engage people and to get interest so much faster because of social media in this era that we're in. Now, you throw the pandemic in there 
And when all we were doing for a good year was this type of communication, whether it's audio or audio visual on a digital you know, context and where education um, became even more prevalent out of necessity this way, then you're really solidifying that thought process in, in the applicant. So they're going to be looking at your social media, if you're an owner listening to this, they're going to be looking at how you're presenting them yourselves. And they're going to be asking themselves, you know, do, do, is what you're doing in that way and that way, shape and form representing what they value and what they vibe with, you know? So it's just a whole nother wrinkle that um, if we're stopping to think about how, how is the applicant seeing the playing field and how can I engage that to be clear about how the applicant's seeing it, uh, and and what can we do to position ourselves in that thinking? Those are smart questions to ask yourself as an owner or you know manager. Yeah, and you've touched upon um, quite a few points there that I wanted to bring up in in my next question. So it's a perfect segue there without even knowing. So when I think about you know uh, companies recruiting staff, and I've uh, well, first of all, like yeah, I do think about like online reputation management in the sense of like your reputation as a company, as a place to work at, not just, you know, as are my clients happy to come in kind of thing. And then also just like the marketing or the positioning of like, how, how do you talk about your company as a place to work at? Like, are you, and that's what you were saying just there with the mindset, you know, flipping the switch on that. Um, are those, I guess the first, like first things that you have to look at when you're recruiting Sure, sure. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of break it down like this. Uh, in my experience as a coach, I've seen so many businesses in our industry that I've worked with where uh, they put out slick ads and cool looking social posts and everything looks great from the outside, but it can tend to be a shit show on the inside because there's not a lot of operational integrity. Mm-hmm. So to me, um, while marketing is an important facet of supporting the growth of a new hire, I think it, we have to go back to the brand message first. Uh, you know, what do we value? What's our vision for being in existence? Uh, how do we what's our mission to fulfill upon that that vision? And are all of us in the building involved in the creation and the stewardship of that? Yeah. Um, and are we making decisions based on what we value, which then has us become more attractive? Um, uh, you know, that to me is where we have to start. So the essence of recruiting and, and really creating a long term successful program boils down to what do we stand for? What do we roll up our sleeves, dig in and fight for? And does everybody in the building right now buy into and believe in that uh, so that when we are putting ads out there, uh, uh mm-hmm. to engage people to come and interview with us um what they're seeing from us they're going to feel from us when they're with us they're going to they're going to get that sense that we're not blowing smoke um so it takes a lot of work uh beforehand to make that happen um and it's just the tip of the iceberg um you know i know we're going to get into some operational stuff uh so i'll get a little nerdy about that in a minute but just sticking with you know uh vision uh, and and making values-based choices, that begins with asking yourself, 
were the values that I open with the values I espouse now because everything evolves, you know, yeah. and the values of my team, are they the same now than where they were before? You know, um, just think of the evolution that we've had during this pandemic and how it's really shifted people's ability to want to have a lot more work life life balance and work less days, uh, you know, work work a few longer days so I can get one one day back. And I'm seeing this happen in so many businesses I work with right now where people are wanting to go work three, three and a half, four days and try to do the volume they're doing in four to five days just so they can have more balance and more time for themselves because the, the, the shutdown gave people a chance to actually have probably the most extended break from work and time with family that they're ever going to have until they retire. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you when you think about the, that uh, one benefit of, you know, e- even though we were all cooped up, but being together with family and having that reflective time and having all of that really has shifted a lot of the values of people in the workplace, not just in our industry, pretty much anywhere. Yeah. You know, so I think it's an, it's very important for owners to ask those questions like, hey, you know, what what are here's what our core values are. You know, are we all aligned with these? Let's re-engage our values and see where we sit today so we're all aligned together. And then from there, let's march forward with um, putting our brand message together based on what we value and what we all believe in. Yeah. And in essence, I feel like that in its own is a shift in mindset for a lot of people, because I feel like um, what I would hear a lot of in the past was like, I need someone like now, like I'm so booked that I need to fill a spot ASAP and it's not necessarily going to be a culture fit and it might not be like the best, the best fit, the best hire, but I need someone now. Whereas like the shift in thinking about it as a, as a program. And I guess what I'm getting to is like, can we dive into more of that like shift in mindset that we were mentioning at the start with that first question? Absolutely. You know, what's interesting about what you're saying is uh, in, in, you know, uh, in all the businesses that I'm working with right now and the ones that I talk to above and beyond the ones I work with, I, you know, recruiting is, is, is an even more, it's even more challenging right now due to the COVID uh, era that we're in than before. Mm -hmm. And I am seeing people actually, um, approach it from a, oh my God, I got a warm body in front of me. I'm going to hire them. Um, and that's usually been our modus operandi as an industry anyways. And I'm seeing it even more acutely felt. Now, the savvier businesses are slow in their role. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I'm coaching everybody to slow the role and get your, get your shit together. Get organized first before you hire the next person. Yeah. So where does that mindset begin? It does begin with what your values are, what your vision is, what your purpose is, and are, and, and how do we live into it? That's one piece. Um, another one that, that I believe that we must espouse is, um, and again, it goes back to, I, you know, it's not about me, it's about them first. Uh, what if we're recruiting to create the most unimaginable lifestyle and career for somebody. Mm. What if that's the goal? That I am going to indelibly change 
your life by you choosing to work here. And my commitment in hiring and being really fastidious about the process is because I want to ensure I have somebody who's going to meet me at that level of rigor. Because if I care at the highest level about who you are and what happens in your life while you work with me, then I'm going to damn well be sure that everything I have in place is set up to plug you into a system that you can thrive in, which means I'm going to be more of a demand of you too to come in and actually get into the system and go kick ass with it. So I think a lot of times owners and leaders are recruiting out of their need. And there's nothing wrong with that. We have a need. You know, I've got a station or a treatment room to fill. Got to handle it, right? Um, However, we must flip that script and make it be about I'm searching to transform people's lives in my community. Mm -hmm. And I think when you come from it from that way of looking at it, it's so not about you. It's about finding those diamonds in the rough and being patient. That's the next piece of the mindset, being patient with the process, because I find that we want it and we want it yesterday, which, again, is about us and our situation. So we're coming at it from a reactive place instead of a proactive place. Mm -hmm. So being proactive realizes that maybe pre-COVID, one out of 15 applicants was the norm to find that diamond. It might be one out of 30 now. And if that's the game, then that's the game. So be patient, suck it up, and know that that's what's going to happen. Don't be exasperated if it's taken 29 interviews and you haven't found that one and you want to throw your hands up and give Mm. up and it starts to shade the way you look at it and it changes your energetic approach to it because that 30th one, that very next one could be the diamond, but maybe they're, they're going to skim off the surface and not stick with you because of how you're approaching it, what your what your energy is. So you must be patient and accept how it's going and how it's not. You know, this is about having character and really toughen yourself up to where we are today. And I think, Zoe, the last piece about the mindset it, that, that I think is critical um, is an exercise um, uh, that I have in my book, Interdependent Leadership, which is all about this topic. And it's Asking yourself what you value and what's it like, what are those attributes and qualities that are in that you believe people uh, that 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 you believe are important to you that you have in essence, what are your strengths? Mm, right. Yeah. What are those attributes or qualities that are important in a new hire? What are you looking for from somebody? And then once you answer that question, like, what are you looking for in somebody? And I'm not talking about being a great hairdresser, colorist, or esthetician. I'm talking about the inherent qualities that somebody has, integrity, timeliness, good communicator, things like that. So once you write that list out, then I would challenge everybody listening to then pick the one that you think you need to improve upon. Because when you're working on your own set of qualities and and strengthening your character and your approach, then you're going to totally be looking for it in the people that you want. It's one thing to say you want this from people, but are you working on improving upon it yourself? I think when people are doing that, they really are operating in the right mindset. I love that. Great tip. And I hope that people take you up on that challenge. I'd be curious to to hear people's thoughts on that and how how it changes uh, their approach anyways. Um, I guess like if not mindset, because we've covered that now, where do you feel like most salons fall short in the recruitment process? Like it doesn't have to be just the one thing. What I'm thinking about here already is just like overselling and under delivering a dream environment, for example. But I know that we were talking about orientation systems, training plans. So do you want to dive into those, I guess? 
Yes, those are my big things that 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 I see time and again. Um, we put a great ad out there. We have the interview. We, you know, we're we're selling blue skies and apple pies and how great it is. And then somebody else is doing the same thing because they need a job. So then they we we hire them. And then they're coming into a business where we're just really not prepared for them. Um, and how are we not prepared? Well, if you're an owner and you're working, you know, four to five days a week behind the chair or in a treatment room, that means that you're not accessible and that you don't have mm. a lot of time. And anytime you do have, you're probably burned out and fried because you're grinding with so many clients. So you're not really fresh. You're not on your game. You're trying to handle things on the fly in between guests. Uh, you know, so... Owners must get organized in where they spend their time. I think it's critical that um, you look to give yourself, uh, if you're a smaller business, a couple hours a week where you're not working with the guest. Now, uh, a couple hours could be a couple hundred bucks that you're making right now. That's critical. So how do you replace that? Well, you, 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 you set goals each day with each client to increase your add-ons and drive your retail. Uh, and you can raise your prices. Those three things right there can help you offset taking a couple of extra hours to work less in the middle of a week. So that way you can block out that time to train people, to meet with them, to goal set with them, to be accessible and have meetings. The, the next couple of things from that um, are I, I don't see people having very organized orientation plans. Um, so I hire you and I'm not I'm not as accessible as you need me to be. And then there's no real re there might be a checklist. Yeah. But who's going to lead you through the checklist? How long is it going to take to do the checklist? One of the things I work on with every client that I coach is we put together a 30 day and then 60 day and then 90 day. We, we start in increments uh, calendar where it's literally the daily schedule for the new hire. So if it's day one for you, Zoe, it's day one, yep. 9 a.m., clock in. 9 a.m. to 9.05, meet with mentor or team leader. 9.05 to 11, shadow. So you're shadowing a stylist. 11 to 11.15, break. 11.15 to 12.15, study time, practice time. 12.15 to uh, 1.15 or 12.15 to 12.45 lunch, 1.45 to 2 o'clock testing time. You know, so I don't see rig rigorous schedules put in place. Mm -hmm. And the importance of putting a schedule in place is that it does a lot of things. It lets the educators on the team that are helping train that person know what are we training them on and what time and who's doing it. Yeah. Um, it allows the owner to not have to micromanage um, a, a schedule for somebody and not have to worry about what's the trainee doing. It also um, shows that new hire that, all right, this business has their shit together, they're organized, and I've got to do this, this, and that. And somebody who's trying to pull the wool over somebody else's eyes probably going to run for the hills and not want to work for a company that organized. Um, and the other thing about having a very organized orientation plan that really covers all these facets is that um, it's the way for me as an owner to hold you accountable. Because, all right, if I'm working four days behind the chair, then all I need to know is, are you doing what you should to in your schedule right now? I'll just go look at the schedule and say, okay, two o'clock, Zoe should be doing this. Why is she not? Hey, Zoe, what's going on? 
Mm. You know, so now, now instead of me just trying to think up what I need you to do in the moment, and instead of you standing around with your hands on your hips wondering what to do next, you know, everything's organized. So I think before, yeah. if I'm teaching a recruiting class, I'm telling owners, uh, you know, how many of you need to hire somebody? They all raise their hand. That's why they're in the class. And I said, well, before you hire the next person, you need to do these things. You need to get your orientation ironclad. You need to create an ongoing training calendar for the whole team. That happens once a month for three hours on a given day. You need to create that marketing plan so you can demonstrate to the new hire that, hey, we're going to orient and train you and here's how. And in the first 90 days, it's your audition. We've got your schedule organized. Show us what you're made of. We've, we're ready to help you accelerate yourself. We also have a marketing plan created for you that's three, six, nine months ahead. Yeah. So that way we're going to help you grow and we're going to help you accelerate. So I love what you're saying to me, Zoe. I'm interested in giving you a chance to work here. And now it's your opportunity to plug yourself and your values and your personality into these systems. And let's go rock the house. So to me, these are the missings that I'm seeing that a lot of businesses don't have in place. And to me, in the most empowered way, I say, how dare we hire somebody without having that there? Yeah. We're selling them a bill of goods and we're just desperately trying to fill a, an open space, you know, and, and just bring a warm body in. And it's all about us. Yet we're not setting that person up for long-term success. And then if they choose to stay in that disorganized mess, they're doing it out of necessity. It's like Maslow's basic hierarchy at the bottom of the pyramid there. They're just there because they need the job. And that's not too exciting. Yeah, you know, no. So to me, businesses should slow the roll, get organized internally. And when they're creating all of this, that's when you get the team involved in the creation of it. Owners out there, you don't have to do all this yourself. And if you work in your small, you know, get get your sales reps to give you ideas and help. That's why people like me exist that have templates out here to help you. You know, yeah. so that you don't have to think all this up from thin air. And you know what this all reminds me of? Like I'm I'm listening to you explain all the orientation and the training plans and all I can think of right now is I have a friend uh, who just recently got into med school and he's like I have been in school for two weeks now just for orientation. And I'm only having my first day now, like actual like day of classes and stuff. And it's like, we do that because we want to set students up for success. And when we're hiring someone, it's the same, really. Like you're, you're, you're teaching someone to grow into this company to you're teaching someone your culture you're teaching someone your way of working your systems like there's so much to learn it's like it's it, it's the exact same as coming into a new program when you're going into college for instance well you know zoe i think the reason why it happens and it creates that dysfunction in our culture is that most owners open their business and they're working behind the chair in a treatment room Right. And and they're used to the the the, the money they bring in driving a, a major percentage of the of the cash flow that the business needs. And then they get kind of used to living in that spin of being busy and fully booked and then trying to do things on the fly, um, staying up late at night to do stuff, trying to do stuff on days off. And it's just it's just a, a discombobulated way of working. Mm. And then it takes a lot of discipline to disrupt that and change that. And that's what I tell people myself as a coach. I'm here to disrupt happily where we need to disrupt and re 
create where we need to recreate so that you can be um, getting the balance you need and you can be the leader that your team deserves you to be for them. You know, so to me, helping an owner shift where they invest time, you know, that's a good three to four month journey to get somebody to get some time back and then start to get organized. And then once that organizational piece begins, that's where we have to engage the team and get them collaborating, mm. first of all, in the creation of the systems and then uh, the follow through to get them implemented so that they're being the best example of what I'm saying to you when I'm interviewing you. Yeah. you know, And then we can get them involved in the interview process and they're going to be that much more confident because they're having a hand and a part in you know, all the operational aspects of what's going on. And a lot of times owners don't do this. They just don't, don't get the team involved enough and it just slows everything down. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it becomes much more of a slog to get to that goal. Yet we're still throwing new people into it, hoping they stick. And they, you know, a lot of them just keep coming and going and yeah. we have a higher turnover rate because of it. Well, speaking about um, getting teams involved in the recruitment process, like who do you get involved and where and at what time? Like, how does that work? Because you have different parts of it, right? Like we were talking about the marketing, we're talking about the interview, about the onboarding, the training, like the long term training, the training days. Like there's a lot involved there. So like who can you get involved? Is it just like a managerial kind of um, level or can you also include um, people who are on the floor and, and just doing services, for instance, you know? I think anybody can be involved as long as they want to actually be involved. Mm. And I think that's the start, is asking the team for support and asking them would they like to play a part in it. Um, if I make you do something, you're going to do it because I'm your boss and it's your job. That's not too exciting. Yeah. So when it comes to this, I think it's all about asking, you know, like, hey, I need support um, so we can expedite this process. Um, I trust and value you. I see some skill sets that make me think you'd be great at this. But it boils down to would you be interested in helping and being in playing a part? You know, so I think that's if anybody's going to listen to this podcast, re just rewind back to listen to what I just said right there, because that's a great way to ask for support. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and, and you have to think about who on your team um, is. Uh, strong in certain areas. Because maybe, for example, Zoe, you're really great at uh, creating digital content. So I can then ask you, can you help me with placing ads and where we're going to place them and what they look like and tracking the click rate and stuff like that. Yeah. And if that's in your wheelhouse, because you're good at that stuff and you're, you know, you, you want to jump in and help, you're going to help me with that. Uh, but maybe then maybe I have, um, you know, someone else who is, uh, really great with training that I'm going to ask to be involved in that process in, in that process mm -hmm. or having team members involved in doing the technical interview or sh um, having an applicant shadow them for a couple of hours. Um, so, I, you know, there's a myriad of different parts of the interview process we can get people involved in and also the orientation and training process we can get people involved in. I think it just boils down to the owner taking a minute and thinking about who would be great and then asking that person would they be willing to jump in and help. What I found is that most people that get asked about 99% of the time um, are willing mm. and, and happy to and um, consider themselves to be valued at a higher level and become more confident in where they work and their brand that they represent. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of great byproducts in that that make a lot of sense. 
Um, I think it's just boils down to the owner getting organized. And I think the last thing I'll say about this is, again, if you've got a smaller team, maybe it's just you and you want to expand, then ask your sales consultants, would they be willing to be involved in helping you do an interview? Would they do a second interview? Mm. Um, I guarantee you most of them would do that in a heartbeat because they're there to help you grow. And it's in their best interest to see you hire and train people because their sales are going to go up. Yeah. Uh, you know, So think outside the box and be creative. I, as a coach, have done interviews for clients before that are smaller businesses just to help them in their recruiting journey. You know, So think about you're not just in it by yourself. You do have resources and a community around you um, that can help you and lean on them when you need it. Um, if you're a little larger business, then get your team involved and, and ask for the support. Mm. So when it comes to all of what we've been talking, you know, from the very, very start of like shifting mindset, flipping the switch to all the way down to like actually having the person um, that you find is a great fit. You've you've know you've you've, re- you've been actually ready, and you've hired this person now. Like, how long typically can it take for an owner uh, to build out all of those systems to be actually ready? Like, if they're starting from from you know scratch, like if they're you know if they're coming at, at one of your classes and they're like, oh, I don't have any of that yet. You know, it, it's man, it's really up to the person. Yeah. And their, first of all, their, their drive and willingness to learn and do the work um, is, is going to accelerate the result. Um, uh, you know, the, the energy they're willing to put into it, um, their ability to let go of the stories around I'm busy and where am I going to find the time? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that light bulb goes on and you know you need to get your ass to the grindstone and make it happen, I think that's going to accelerate things greatly right there. Again, we go back to mindset. Um, but if you're smaller and kind of on your own, it's going to take you a little bit longer. Um, you know, it might take you a couple of months to get all that organized working on the side, you know, to create all those things. If you have a team of people around you where you can get the team to support and everybody starts working on projects, you know, you can accelerate that a lot faster. And it, it might take, you know, you 30, 45, you know, uh, days to get all of that organized. Um, and, and, you know, go, go get the resources, whether it's somebody like myself, you know, or, or other organizations out there, get the resources. Like, you know, when people get my interdependent leadership book, it comes with employee handbook templates, job description forms, interview questions, you know, all the evaluations for technical interviews. I mean, all those things you need, um, orientation templates and, and training calendar plans and marketing calendars. So you got to have, you know, if, if, if you can get your hands on all that stuff, then all you need to do is retrofit it and make it yours. Right. And then imp- and then implement it with your existing team so that it's actually something that's working already yeah. as opposed to, all right, we got all this stuff. Now let's try it out on Zoe and she's our <laughs> guinea pig and let's see if it all works. You know, yeah. you know, get it to work first, it's especially the training and marketing calendars and things like that. I think the orientation plan, you're not going to know how really well oiled that thing is until you put somebody new into it and then have the patience to um, – assess it as you're implementing it and make tweaks. That's the other thing. Um, people create these things and they get attached that it's going to work perfectly. And then when it doesn't, they get frustrated. You know, um, I don't, I, I don't think anybody needs to live in that place, create it and then have the patience to realize that this iteration may work a hundred percent, or maybe only half of this is going to work. We're not going to know until we get out there and try. 
So let's put it into, into work with an analytical approach to it and expect that some of it's going to work and some of it might not and be okay if we have to pivot and adjust course to make it better. And that's, that's the other thing that's very important in, in that whole process. But it could be 45 to 60 days. It might be longer depending upon the situation the person's in yeah. and what their capacity and time that they can put into it is yeah. going to be. But mindset's critical and m- managing your time and going after it for sure. Yeah. And um, listen, everything that you've mentioned there, all the, the resources that you've mentioned, I will have the links to your website in today's show notes. What I'd love to leave listeners on today is maybe a short I suppose like recap segment of what we've talked today, not like in, in, in depth, but more like, um, more like a a table of contents of like, what do you need to do and in what order? So like number one being shifting your mindset, what's number two in the chapter list? Well, number one is going back to what's our vision of being here. What do we value? What are we standing for and fighting for? That's part one. And is everybody in the building right now on that same page? You know, then we look at what's what's my mindset? Is it about me uh, or is it about the applicant and preparing them for an amazing career? Um, then it's about where am I spending my time and am I blocking out the time so I can be accessible to coach and guide people? Am I blocking out the time so I'm doing interviews during that block time as opposed to during doing interviews in between clients on the rush? showing that I'm not disorganized. (laughs) The next piece is then working on systems and operational functionality, you know, handbooks, policies, procedures, orientation, training plans, marketing calendars, things like that. Um, And then it's team involvement. It's getting people on the team. And again, it's not just people that work with me. It's the other people around me, the sales consultants, coaches, things like that, getting people involved so that we're truly collaborating to create a culture we all love and that attracts the right type of people. And then uh, following through and implementing it and being patient with the process um, and not expecting perfection, which is unrealistic. As I say, those are your bullets right there. That's amazing. And I really thank you so much for all those uh, all those insights. It's been great. If you have like a, an upcoming like class or something like that, I'd be more than happy to include it as well in the show notes. Um, I guess we're down to the last question for today. And that's our thought starter question. So the one that has been drawn for you today is, is it ever right to do the wrong thing? And is it ever wrong to do the right thing? And we can frame it in a, in a business way for this one. Ooh. Is it ever right to do the wrong thing? Meet your new look reporting dashboard. A quick look view of your vital stats from salon financials to critical client data with best in class dashboards with advanced filtering all in real time. Analyze, take action and stay ahead of the game. New look forest reports supporting your business across all your locations. Is it ever right to do the wrong thing? As long as you learn the lesson from it, as long as you look for the lesson in making the mistake and it has you correct either a behavior, an approach or a system, 
then yeah, it was right to do that wrong thing. If you don't stop and look for the lesson, if you just stay stuck in your emotional reaction to something going wrong that you did and beating yourself up for it, then you're not gonna grow from it. So it is right to do the wrong thing if you find the lesson in it that makes you better. And is it ever wrong to do the right thing? Um, I don't think it's ever wrong to do the right thing. I think it's always important to do the right thing. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's when we can make decisions based on what we value and, and integrity and honoring our, our word to ourselves and others, um, it's never a wrong thing. Um, I think a lot of times, and this is a whole nother <laughs> conversation, um, a lot of times, um, leaders will not hold somebody accountable because, uh, they're either afraid of hurting that person's feelings or afraid of losing them. And I don't want to lose that money. And then we're not doing the right thing, you know, and then what we're doing is we're selling our values down the road and we're dimming the lights of our culture just a little bit more by do- making those types of choices. So I think it's always critical from a business context to do the right thing, even if it's unpopular. Because at the end of the day, is it about values or is it about being liked? You know, and we must make values-based choices. Yeah, that's a solid way to end an episode. As always, Steve, always the punchline at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I didn't know that. I can't remember. Yeah, I remember. So listen, thank you so much for being on Forest FM once again with me. Um, just to uh, allow people to reach out to you, where can where can they find you online? How can they do that? Sure. Um, uh, my website is www.stephengomez.net, and that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-G-O-M-E-Z as in zebra. Uh, stephengomez.net. Uh, you can follow me on Insta. It's at Salon Coach, S-J-G, uh, which are my initials. Um, and then on Facebook, Stephen J. Gomez. Uh, uh, if you want to email me direct questions based on what you heard today, info at stephengomez.net. Um, I'm certainly here to serve. Uh, and thank you, as always, Zoe, for having me today and giving me an opportunity to share Um in support of our industry. This is always such a great platform to do it in. And you do such a wonderful job of creating the space for us to have important conversations and have fun while we're doing it. It's always fun to kick the can around with you. So thanks for having me. It is fun to do it with you as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It really is. Thank you so much for uh, sharing all of your insights. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure um, this will resonate really strongly within the, the community and the industry. So appreciate it a lot. My pleasure. Take care of yourself. Take care of everybody out there in forest land. Thank you. Cheers. I briefly mentioned this at the start of today's episode, but if you're curious and you want to dive into Stephanie Fox's research on what staff are looking for today, what drives them and keeps them happy and engaged, and hear her thoughts on the responsibilities a great leader has in today's industry and workforce changing landscape, then you can check out season five of Forest FM, episode 195. In that episode, which can beautifully complement today's conversation, you'll hear about the difference between leadership and motivation, survey results on what staff want from their salon, what teams want from their salon, what being a friend and a leader really means, how to build strong and healthy relationships with your salon team, and navigating transparency levels as a salon leader. We'll also discuss the power of connection, the difference between willpower and waypower. 
Don't forget that you can always head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch up on the show's transcripts and subscribe to Forest FM's email newsletter. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this conversation or the show in general, we're all ears. Email us at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've enjoyed this episode, why not pay it forward and share it with a friend or colleague and tag us in the post? Your continued support is warmly appreciated and truly is what makes this show possible. And on that note, I'll catch you all next Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.